Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gant. And for the next hour, we're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. Of course, as always, you will get a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call 646-727-3070. That's 646 646- Seven two seven three zero seven zero. You listen to the show blog talk radio dot com slash pcan. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for Gant. And while you're there, go for Gant. Give me a follow. G o f o r i t g a n t. Also go to the website go for Gant Sports dot com. Great show live for you today. Expected to be joined by Philadelphia Eagles defensive end Stephen Means. The Philadelphia Eagles are 5-1. The Philadelphia Eagles have the best record in football. The Philadelphia Eagles are playing some big-time football and went into Carolina and beat the Panthers. The Eagles easily could be the best team in football. Got the best record. Got one of the better quarterbacks right now in terms of, you know, who's playing and what he's doing in Carson Wentz. And that defense is playing well to get after you. Brandon Graham and... Fletcher Cox and those guys, not a bad situation in Philadelphia. And then after the injury to Aaron Rodgers, and obviously you never want to see anybody go down, whether it's Gordon Hayward, and we'll get to that, or whether it's Aaron Rodgers. You don't like to see star players go down. It's not good for the league, or any of those leagues for that matter. But, I mean, we'll talk about it. But let's get right down to it. And first week of NBA, and it started on Tuesday, and I and I gotta admit, I, I'm very excited for this NBA season more so than I've been in a long time. And and I and I look at what's going on and some of the moves and 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 how this guy is here and, and how Melo and Paul George are in OKC, teaming with Russell Westbrook. And we saw that last night. Russell Westbrook messed around and got another triple double. But Russell Westbrook, if you watch that game, he played a great floor game. He didn't force anything, and, you know, when it was time for him to do rust-type things, he did rust-type things. When it was time for him to distribute, he distributed. When, when it, I mean, he did everything that he needed to do, and he played a tremendous floor game. I thought at, at one point, you know, they were, they, were, they were chucking a little too much, too many threes from Melo and, and, and too many threes from Paul George. But, hey, Paul George – you know, 6 for 13 from downtown, darn near 50%. You know, overall 9 for 23 from the field. But, you know, this OKC basketball team, it's exciting. And, and you know, let me be the first to say I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan. But if there's any team 
other than the Sixers, and I would like to that I would like to see uh, win an NBA title. It is Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and the OKC Thunder. That team. Twenty-eight from George, twenty-two from Melo, twenty-one from Westbrook, and like I said, Westbrook messed around and got himself a triple-double as well. And and you just looking at them, you know, plus twenty-three for George, plus twenty-nine for Westbrook. It was plus zero for it was pretty much zero even down for Melo. But I mean, their big three was huge, was big, and then Stephen Adams and Stephen Adams five for five. And Stephen Adams is going to get some tremendous looks. Uh, Andre Roberson is going to get some tremendous looks. Patrick Patterson is going to get tremendous looks. Abrinas, he's going to get some looks. These guys are going to get some looks. Grant, Jeremy Grant, these guys are going to get some tremendous looks with what is going on here in terms of the talent here in uh, OKC. Those guys are going to get looks, and a lot of them. And so it's going to be fun to watch OKC. Then we saw the debut of Lonzo Ball last night. Wasn't very good in that Laker ball club. I, I mean, I didn't think, you know, LeVar Ball's talking about this team's going to the playoffs, da-da-da-da-da. But I didn't think, you know, this Laker team would be, and, and it's only one game, and it's 82 more, 81 more, and I don't want to be prisoner in the moment. I don't want to get caught up in, in, in just watching one basketball game and, and, and drawing a conclusion here and drawing conclusions there. I don't want to do that. But I want to, what, what I want to do and what I saw was a Lakers team that had a hard time scoring the basketball. And, they, you know, they played a Clippers team. And the Clippers, I mean, we don't expect the Clippers to be anything special. But, I mean, we, we look at the Lakers last night, Lonzo Ball, three points. He seemed to struggle a little bit, you know, got the assist. But he, he struggled a little bit. Patrick Beverly got no shorts. He stayed in no shorts, and he, he played some big-time basketball on Lonzo Ball. But Lonzo Ball is a rookie. And, you know, he's a guy that's only you know, played one. He's a one-and-donner. So, you know, he's still young. He's a rookie, and he played in his first game. So I don't want to move, you know, 19 years old. I don't, I don't want to go, you know, anything type of crazy and, and, and say this, that, and the third. But what I am going to say is, you know, this Laker basketball team may have a hard time scoring the basketball. It, it, it just looks like that simple. I mean, Brooke Lopez is a guy who could put the ball in the basket. Julius Randle, sometimey. I mean, Brandon Ingram, I, I'm, you know, we, 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 what, we talk, what, baby KD? We were hearing, you know, KD talk, and, and I'm looking at Julius uh, uh, Brandon Ingram, and I'm just not impressed. I'm not impressed by this guy. You know, he he doesn't seem to have – I'm not impressed. Again, it's still early in his career. This is his second year. And, hey, it takes guys, you know, sometimes whatever – it takes them. I mean, but, you know, Brandon Ingram, I wasn't impressed with him last year. And and thus far, I'm not impressed with him this year. I'm not. But, you know, obviously when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers – you're focusing on Lonzo Ball, and you're figuring out, okay, what is Lonzo Ball all about? What can Lonzo Ball do? What can Ball do for you? And, and, and thus far, after one game, not very much. Again, it, it's only one game. And, and, again, I don't want to be prisoner of the moment because when, when you start 
drawing conclusions here and drawing conclusions there after one game, you're prisoner of the moment. And, and I ain't doing that. I'm not going to be a part of that. But the Lakers might struggle this year. And Lonzo Ball, and here's the thing. You know, how many 19-year-olds do you know coming into this league that dominate? There's not many, you know? And, and so it, it's going to take time for Lonzo Ball to, to become the player that his dad has said he would be. It's going to, and it is. I mean, it's going to take some time for him to be that guy. You know, his dad came in and started, you know, you know, saying this and that, and, and Lonzo's better than this and that. You know, he's better than Steph Curry, and, you know, he's going to be this. He's going to lead the Lakers to the playoffs. He's going to do all these different amazing things. That's what he said from the jump, from the giddy-up. And I'm like, okay, I'm not seeing that thus far. And, again, it's only one game, and, again, I'm not going to be prisoner of the moment. But again, but again, I'm interested, just like everybody else, to see what Lonzo Ball can be. And obviously a big part of the Lonzo Ball intrigue is his daddy. His daddy just kept talking and talking and talking and talking some more. And we just hearing about his daddy and then Lonzo's doing this, that, and the third. We hear so much, so much, and it's like, okay, maybe this guy has the goods. And then, you know what, we saw Summer League. And in Summer League, play Lonzo Ball was big time. MVP in the Las Vegas Summer League. Messing around and getting triple doubles. I believe he had three. Doing some good Big-time things for his basketball team. But he was doing huge big-time things in Summer League. He did huge big-time things in college. Half of Most of those dudes in Summer League ain't playing in the NBA. It's not happening. It's not happening. And so, I'm interested to see what Lonzo Ball is going to do tonight against the Phoenix Suns. I'm interested to see what the Lakers are going to do tonight against the Phoenix Suns. Could it be a long, long year for the Los Angeles Lakers? And the Lakers are rebuild mode. They are in rebuild mode. But I, I will say this, you would think the Lakers have to show you something. If you're a free agent and you want to go there, I mean, don't get me wrong, LeBron James comes to L.A., it's a whole different situation. They're championship contenders. That's just how good LeBron James is. Paul George goes to L.A., they're not championship contenders, but they're better. But if you're Paul George and you're in OKC with Melo and, and Russell Westbrook, Westbrook signed that Supermax deal. So he's in place. He's in place for a good, you know, good amount of time. So, you look at him, Westbrook is there, but you got Paul George and, and, and Melo, and okay, at some point, if that situation is going well, and hey, let's just say they, you know, they, they, they get to the Western Conference Finals, and let's just say they lose to uh, Golden State in six. If you're Paul George, even though your dream is to go back, you know, you want to go back to the crib 
and play in L.A., do you want to walk away from a winning situation? Winning situations ain't easy to find. And the Los Angeles Lakers haven't been a winning situation in a long time. So, something to think about, something to look at. We'll see what happens moving forward. But let's go to, uh, we're going to go back to the NBA, but don't go to the NFL for a moment. And then I'm going to go back to the NBA. But let's go to the NFL for a moment. Last night, a, a classic rivalry, Chiefs, Raiders, you know, these two football teams hate each other. These two football teams, you know, uh, they're rivals. And so last night, what we saw in, between these two football teams was a classic football game. We saw a lot of offense. We, we, we saw uh, uh, Alex Smith throw the ball up and down the field. We saw Derek Carr throw the ball up and down the field. We saw guys, you know, have a lot of success last night. It, it was an offensive showcase from both football teams, and both football teams were able to successfully get the ball up and down the field and have a lot of success. And so, I, you know, you watched the game last night. You watched the, 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 the Raiders who, you know, were struggling a little bit, obviously. You know, Derek Carr missed some time, but he's back. He played last week against the Chargers who they lost to. But the Raiders were in a position where if they didn't win last night, they probably could forget about winning or having an opportunity to win the NFC West. I mean, you lose last night, you know, you go to two and five. Two and five, and the Chiefs would be six and one at that point. So you're about, you're four games out at that point at two and five, and the Chiefs would be at six and one. You're four games out. In terms of winning the division, you can kiss that goodbye. That's pretty much a wrap, a done deal. And so the Raiders, they needed that football game. And they needed that football game badly if they wanted to be what many thought they would be, including myself, who I had the Raiders actually going to the Super Bowl playing the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm looking pretty good with that Eagles pick right now. Still early, a lot of football to be played. But I'm looking okay, especially after what happened in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. We'll get to that. But anyway... The Raiders needed that football game badly last night. They needed it more than the Chiefs. And sometimes when teams need the game just a little more, you know, they, they find a way to get that victory. And the, and the Raiders, with Derek Carr doing making some big-time throws, that big-time throw to Amari Cooper, what I believe was second and long. It might have been second or third and second and long. I think it was after uh, – Maybe been a holding penalty or, or something at that point. But, no, it, might, it was offensive pass interference. But, anyway, you know, so they, they backed up. They got backed up 10 yards, and, you know, Carr hit Amari Cooper for a long one. And so, at, at that point, they keep going up and down the field, and they keep doing some big-time things, and they're getting closer and closer and closer to pay dirt, which is the touchdown. And then, you know, Jared Cook, Cook they hit Jared Cook on a fourth down, and, and that extended the drive. And then they hit Jared Cook on, on what many thought was the game-winning touchdown. But, but, after review, it was uh, determined that Cook went down at the one. So, the Raiders had a couple shots at it. You know, Carr tried to go to Cook again, defensive holding. 
Carr. No, actually, Carr tried to go to Crabtree first, and then we got offensive pass interference. Then Carr went to Cook, defensive holding. Then Carr went to Patterson, defensive holding. And then finally Carr rolled out and hit Michael Crabtree in the end zone, and that was the ball game. And, of course, they needed the extra point, and they did that, and the Raiders get the victory. But Derek Carr, he's special. And Derek Carr, I think the Raiders were like 8-2 and two in, in close games last year. And, and, and one of the reasons why they won a lot of close games a year ago was because of Derek Carr. And, and this dude is clutch. There's a reason why Derek Carr got paid. There, there's a reason why Derek Carr got his cheddar. There's a big reason. A big reason because Derek Carr is a big-time quarterback. He's a big-time quarterback, and you could argue that if Derek Carr could have stayed healthy last season, just maybe the Raiders would have been representing the AFC in the Super Bowl if Derek Carr was healthy. But after Derek Carr went down, the Raiders' season was a wrap. It was a done deal. But you look at the Los Angeles, I'm not the Los Angeles Raiders, you know, the Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. They're, they're a football team now with that quarterback play that is going to be in a lot of football games and, and is a team that I don't think you want to see make the playoffs. I, I think you want to see the Raiders struggle, and I don't think you want to see the Raiders make the playoffs because of what they have at the quarterback position. They got a bona fide star and Derek Carr at the quarterback position. You don't want to see a team with a big-time quarterback in the playoffs. Quarterbacks is what wins championships. Defense wins championships, but quarterbacks win championships too. And we can look. Let's do this exercise. I, I like to do this exercise every now and then, just looking around the league and, and, and seeing teams who have good records and who their quarterback is. Who's the number one team in the AFC East? It's the New England Patriots. Who is their quarterback? It's Tom Brady. Enough said. AFC North, Pittsburgh Steelers on top of the AFC North. Who's their quarterback? Big Ben Roethlisberger. AFC South, Tennessee Titans, in the, and well, three-way tie for the top spot in the AFC South, but we look at the AFC South, Blake Bortles, Deshaun Watson, an up-and-coming rookie playing some good football, and then you got Marcus Mariota, who's seemingly ready to take that next step. The Kansas City Chiefs, Alex Smith. I, I, I think, you know, we've been calling Alex Smith a game manager for many years, but I, I think Alex Smith has proven this season that he's just a, he's a step above game manager. He's, he, he's, game, he's a game changer. He's got some game-changing ability. So Alex Smith, as far as I'm concerned, franchise-caliber quarterback. Let's look at the NFC, Philadelphia, on top of the NFC East. And one of the reasons they're on top of the NFC East is their quarterback, Carson Wentz, is off to a tremendous start, who's playing some big-time football, who went into Kansas City, got the, not Kansas City, Carolina, got the victory in Carolina, played some big-time football, and playing big-time football. Minnesota, Case Keenum is their quarterback at this point. We don't know what's going to happen with Sam Bradford and his knee. 
uh, and again, a big part of ability is availability, and unfortunately for Sam Bradford, he has had a hard time being available. Carolina, Cam Newton, he's a franchise-caliber quarterback, and then the Rams and Jared Goff, he's the number one, and they're on top of the NFC West, but Jared Goff was the number one pick, and you pick a guy number one with the thought that he is a franchise-caliber quarterback. So, so, I look at the teams, and I look at their quarterback, and again, quarterbacks win championships in this league. Quarterbacks win championships in this league. Defense do, quarterbacks as well. So, the Raiders did what they needed to do last night. And, and and won a game that they needed to win last night, and now they're they're back in the mix of things. And and it's a team I believe that can turn it around. Again, when when your quarterback was you know EJ Manuel for a couple games, that's not a good look. That's not a good situation. But when your quarterback is Derek Carr, that's a good situation. That's a good look, and and, and you're 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 good. You're straight. You're in a good position. You are in a good position. So, the Philadelphia Eagles at this point, five and one, and and about a few more, and about ten minutes, we're going to bring in um Stephen Means, defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and Stephen Means and the Philadelphia Eagles, as we said, are five and one, and have the best record in football, and are ready and prepared to host to host. Excuse me the Washington Redskins on Monday night. Ready to host the Washington Redskins on Monday night. And, and that should be a fun game. Again, it's the NFC East game. Again, it's, you know, anytime you get the NFC East, anytime you get the Eagles, anytime you get the Redskins, you know, it's always fun. It's always exciting. It's always a good time. So anytime you have, you know, Eagles, Redskins, Giants, Cowboys, NFC East, it's fun, man. It, 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 it's fun. You, you can't get any, but it doesn't get any better than that. But Philadelphia, they they could be for real. That they, they have the defense. They have the. They seem to have the defense. You know, you can talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, obviously, if you talk about their defense, their safeties are solid. Uh, their their corner play is is where they're vulnerable at. But their best corner, Ronald Darby, was at practice this week, and at some point he's going to make his way back. And and so, you know, when he comes back and makes his way back, obviously, you know, that's going to help the secondary. That's going to fortify the secondary, and that's going to make your defense better. And so the Philadelphia Eagles, their defense right now is a strength of this football team. They're a strength. You know, the, the, the defense is a strength for the Philadelphia Eagles. So the Philadelphia Eagles are in a good spot right now, especially if they can get, you know, especially if they can get um, Darby back. Especially if they can get Darby back. That That's, that's going to be good for Philadelphia, and that's going to put Philadelphia in a pretty good uh, position uh, moving forward. So we'll see. 
But it, it, it you know, the, the Eagles are playing some big time football right now. And you know, when you when you go to when you go to Car- into Carolina and, and beat a Cam Newton and, and the Carolina Panthers, you know, you're doing some things. You're doing some things, and, and you're showing the NFL that you are, in fact, for real. We got Ezekiel Elliott. You know, there's a suspension is on. His suspension is off. The suspension is on. His suspension is off. You know, every, you know, this thing changes like the weather. You know, at some point he, he, he's suspended. some point he's not suspended. I mean, it, it, it just goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And it's like, what is the deal? Is he here or is he not? Is he playing or is he not? Is he suspended or is he not? I mean, you know, he got a, uh, he got a temporary restraining order at this point, so he's able to play. He's able to play. But, I mean, obviously it's going to be something that's going to hang over him until it's completely resolved. It's kind of like the Tom Brady situation. You know, it's something that hung over Tom Brady until it was completely resolved. And now that, you know, this this thing is going to be, it's been going on for a while now. And it's like, okay, when are we going to get past this whole situation? And, and when are we going to just, whether he, he is or he's not. I mean, it, it's just, it, it's almost, so it, it's, it's almost, it, it's, it's figured out. You know, I mean, it's the same thing with Tom Brady. It's like, oh, my gosh. You know, let's just move on from this. It's like, what are we fighting? Why are we fighting this? Like, it it, it got old, quick, fast, in a hurry. It got old, man. It it got old fast. And and, and so, I don't know. But, I mean, obviously, the Cowboys, who are struggling right now, need Ezekiel Elliott. They need Ezekiel Elliott. And I look at the Dallas Cowboys, and I'm saying, okay, you know, offensively, you're 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 decent, you're solid, you're okay. Defensively, you're you're struggling. You're definitely struggling on the defensive side of football. And and you know, there's there's no, you know, you, you know, you can't. You lost to Aaron Rodgers, and you know, you lost to Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And so, you know, there's no harm. I mean, you lost to Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers made some big-time plays in, in that game. With uh, You know, he made some big-time plays. He really did. But the Dallas Cowboys, they need Zeke, and they need their defense to play better if they want to be where they want to be, and that is to the Super Bowl. But right now the Cowboys are, are struggling, and, you know, they're in a division with the Philadelphia Eagles who are playing some decent football. And so the Cowboys at this point, you know, two back of the Eagles, and again, a lot of football to be played, but it's, you, you don't want to fall too far behind about the Philadelphia Eagles. You really don't. So you, you got to start turning this thing around soon. Anyway, let, let's go. Um, just came down. Marshawn Lynch suspended one game uh, for shoving a referee in, in, in that game. You know, Lynch came off the bench and, you know, you know, he shoved the ref. 
It's a no-no. You, you can't put your hands on a rat. You cannot put a hand, your hands on an official in any sport. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer. You cannot put your hands on an official. You can't do it. And so when you do something like that, you know, you, you pay. And that's what Lynch is doing. He's paying by getting suspended for one game. Beast mode, you got to say, you got to love Marshawn Lynch because Marshawn Lynch is a guy who, um, you know, Lynch, he does his own thing, man, and he, 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 he lives his life the way he lives his life, and it is what it is. He doesn't care. And that's what I love and respect about Marshawn Lynch. Now, obviously, you don't be pushing rats. You, you don't do it. But I just love how he just loves to love to do whatever he wants to do and, and does what he feels is the right thing to do, no matter if you would agree or disagree, love, hate. That's just Marshawn Lynch. That is just beast mode. That is just uh, who he is. It really is who he is. He doesn't care. And that's just the reality of the situation. He does not care. And if Lynch is, Lynch is going to do what he's going to do, hate him, love him, that's just the reality of the situation. It is what it is when it comes to beast mode. Mar, Sean, Lynch. That's it, man. And we're going to go now to uh, Stephen Means of the Philadelphia. We, we taped the interview yesterday, but uh, we're going to bring in our interview now with Stephen Means. Let's bring him in now. Philadelphia Eagles defensive end, Stephen Means. Stephen, how are you? I'm doing pretty great right now. How you doing? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. I look at the Philadelphia Eagles right now, Stephen, and coming into that Carolina game, there was some talk. The Eagles were 4-1 at the time, and, and some people were saying, oh, they beat some bad football teams. They beat the Cardinals, they beat the Giants, beat the Chargers, to name a few. And that Carolina was a test for the Philadelphia Eagles. Going into that game, did, did you guys feel like you had something to prove? Um, you know, we, we, we kind of feel like, you know, every week we got something to prove. Uh, people write us off a lot, so that's nothing that we not too unfamiliar with. But, um, you know, at the same time, there is no bad teams in the NFL. Um, at any given Sunday, you know, any team can win, and, and, and that's been proven over and over again. You got teams that be undefeated and lose to teams with uh, – less than subpar records, but, you know, so every, we just take it one game at a time, and we, you know, I feel like every game's a test, but, you know, at prime time, both teams 4-1, and one, you're on the stage with Carolina and Cam Newton, and, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that was definitely a big test for us. You guys defensively got after Cam Newton. You forced three interceptions, you know, he did some things on the ground, scrambling, but all in all, you contained Cam Newton. Talk about what the Philadelphia Eagles did against Newton. 
um, you know, we went in with a game plan, and we, you know, we we, we knew Cam Newton was. Uh, everybody knows him, and uh, definitely on you know that uh, the prime time stage like that, he's definitely somebody who who wants to get get going and get going early. So we, you know, our, our goal was to just try to try to get him out of try to keep him out of his rhythm early, and uh, continue that the whole game, and we was able to we was able to do it. For sure, and we talk about Cam Newton, but your quarterback is playing some big time football right now. Carson Wentz, 13 touchdowns, Definitely. making some big time plays, playing some big time football. How do you view Carson Wentz at this point? Uh, view him as a, as a leader, a uh, young leader, somebody who just looking at his play on the field, you wouldn't be able to guess it's his second year. But a uh, guy who comes in, the first guy in the building, um, you know. And, and he's a cool guy, but at the same time, he he, he know when it's time to take take things serious and get down to business. He's probably most of the one of the evasive quarterbacks um, in the league right now, and um, you know he's he's playing at an all time high right now. Do you believe one of the best quarterbacks in football? Um, I, I, I definitely would say that he's my quarterback, so he's definitely <laughs> to me in my eyes uh, the best. You know, <laughs> for sure. We're talking the Eagles. Defensive end Stephen Means. So Stephen, we look at your coach Doug Peterson. This guy likes yeah. to gamble, man. He's a gambler on those fourth down. You know, some people yeah. criticize it, other people praise it. How do you like the aggressive side of Coach Doug Peterson? I love it. Um, I mean, what what better way to show your team how you feel about him than to go for it on fourth? It's, it's nothing. He's not out there on the field, right? So you got to look at it like. He's putting that much trust in us. So he said, you know, offense, I believe that y'all can go ahead and get get these couple yards on fourth down. And defense, I believe if they if the offense don't get it, you'll be able to hold that same field position and stop them and get us the ball back. So, you know, uh, a coach that got that much confidence in his team over and over again, you know, whether we get it or not, he continues to do it. So you don't get scared at all? <laughs> no, you can't be scared. <laughs> no way. We're talking to Philadelphia Eagles defensive end Stephen Means. Let's talk about you now. You signed a, a one-year extension in the offseason. You played two games thus far. But where is Stephen Means at this point of the year? Um, Stephen Means is staying ready. So I'll never have to get ready. Um, haven't had the greatest amount of uh, playing time now, but, you know, my faith is in God. And I, I'm ready when he's, when he's the one that pulls the trigger and say, you know, go get him. And, um, you know, I'm just I'm just doing everything I can to get the team ready, uh, the offensive tackles ready every every week. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm making sure that, you know, if, if my number, when and if my number gets called, then you'll be and, able to notice. And I look at you, you talk about practice. I mean, in practice, you're going up against guys like Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Jason Peters, easily could be a Hall of Famer when his career is all said and done. How much is that helping you as a player? Uh, it's helping me out a lot. Um, and, and, and a guy like like myself, I don't really – you can ask those guys. I don't really have a, um, a in-between in my meter. It's either on or off. So it's either walk-through tempo or it's game tempo. And, um, you know, I, I, I started going against Lane Johnson a lot more um, – and every game, you know, during the game, if I'm not fooling up, he come over to me and he, you know, he asking me what I see, you know, how how is the position in this, you know, certain type of situations, and you know, I give him as much feedback as I as I as I see, 
And, uh, you know, he tell me all the time that, you know, going hard against me in practice, it, it makes the game a lot easier for him. And uh, guys like JP, like you said, he's, he's, he's a definite Hall of Famer. And uh, every chance I get to go against him, it's fun in practice. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I look at you guys now, and you got the Redskins coming to town. You beat the Skins week one, so you know they're going to be ready this time around. It's a divisional game. Yeah. What do you guys need to do to beat the Skins again? Uh, go back to base. Hey, I remember this, this same time last year. Uh, we was probably, I want to say four and or three and two going into um uh, six game, and uh, we were talking about Minnesota. And you were talking about how they was undefeated, and they, they was coming in, and Sam Bradford, and the first time was, um, and and what was we going to do to get things turned around? We, we focused that week on just getting back to basics, the training camp style, the fundamentals of our defense. Um, and, and we, you know, we had a, a great game. Probably people, some people would say one of their best games uh, last year's season. And that's the same thing, that's our same approach this time around. Is, um, you know, not to focus on the record, but focus on one game at a time. Because last year, we was 4-1, uh, 4-2, you know, going into um, the seventh week. And now, you know, we 5-1, so it's not that much of a difference record-wise. You can just tell by the, the camaraderie and the morale in the building. 5-1 at this point, best record in the NFC, tied for the best record in the NFL. How should we view the Philadelphia Eagles at this point? early um that that to us is all just smoke and at this point we're focusing on one game at a time there's no way you know that you can judge a season um this early this early on but you can definitely take a serious um and, and if, if we haven't set any other impression then that that's the impression that we intend to set is we'll be ready every time we step on that field do you feel like this is a super bowl caliber team um, I've never, never played on one, but I can say that I feel like this is the best team I've ever played on. Okay. So, you know, right. I definitely hope, hope to have that piece of fine jewelry on my finger at the end of the year. I, I want to ask you this. You know, last year we, we saw you put the fist up during the national anthem. What are your plans in terms of the national anthem this year? Um. I don't have any plans to turn on, uh, you know, as far as doing it this year. Um, many, many reasons why, um, and, I, and, I, and I'm doing a lot more. I'm, I'm active behind the scenes a lot more with, uh, with, with guys like Malcolm Jenkins and, you know, taking necessary steps to get educated on, you know, those type of topics uh, to figure out what's, what exactly is going on, what's the underlying uh, problems and you know, just, just trying to get uh, full of knowledge that way so that we can see if there is really uh, a way to help. For sure, for sure. And, and do you feel like in terms of some of the things that you're doing that it is helping? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely helping, um, you know, hearing different stories, different um, perspectives from, from inmates in the jail who's been there ever since they've been um, kids you know, charged with life sentences as juveniles. Um, it's different hearing, you know, the parents of people like that. It's just, it's, it's definitely important hearing uh, parents of victims who, who've been, you know, unfortunately 
killed um, in those type of instances. And then it's you know it's different hearing the the uh, official side of it, the police officer side of it. So you know it's definitely helpful. Um, in some ways, it can get discouraging because it's it, it's so deep of a root that you know you kind of just don't know how you can even get to it. Um, but the last thing you can do is give up. So you know it's definitely important to gather information so you can know exactly where to start. For sure. And there is, as you said, a lot of work to be done. And, and guys like you, Malcolm Jenkins, out there in the field trying to do some things and, and trying to get some things right. Colin Kaepernick as well, you know, trying to do some yeah. things to, to, you know, fix things. And, and that's yeah. always a good thing. So, fans, make sure you check this man out on Twitter, at MeansBusiness56. That's at MeansBusiness56. Support this yeah. man. Stephen Mean. So let me ask you this, Stephen, before we get out of here, you know, back in August, August 30th to be exact, you signed an extension with the Philadelphia Eagles, gave you a little bit of security. How did it feel for you to to, to get that extension, and what did it say in terms of how the Philadelphia Eagles feel about you? Um, You know, it said a lot. I feel like it, it definitely let me know that they want to keep me around. Um, even with the depth at our position, you know, they have future plans for me, um, that they that they see me and they like me, um, and, and, you know, that, that I'm going to be able to potentially uh, be an Eagle for a long time, man. Um, you know, hopefully, you know, this, this, this deal gets extended again and, um, you know, we're able to retire an Eagle. That would be for the sure. ideal goal. For sure, for sure. And and obviously you got in the NFL, it's a year-by-year thing. You take it year by year and see what happens. And, and to your point, there is a lot of depth in terms of the Eagles' defensive line. So for you to get an extension, that does say something. And, and well, hopefully it will translate into something moving forward. Steven, Definitely. absolute pleasure talking to you, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck moving forward. Love to do it again. See you soon. Take, take care of yourself. Steven Means. Defensive end for the Philadelphia Eagles, the 5-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have the best record in football. Let's go back to the NBA. Gordon Hayward. I mean, first off, I was watching that live. And when I saw that, man, that was vicious. That was gruesome. That was hard to watch. And, and I got to be honest. After I saw that, I kind of was done with the game. I was, I, w- I was, I was, I wasn't into it as much. I really wasn't. After I saw that, I really wasn't into the game that much. I was kind of done. And so, being that I was done, it was like I couldn't even watch the game that much. I couldn't even watch it. I really couldn't. I could not watch that game. I, I was kind of done, and it, it, it was it was gruesome, and it was like, man, you signed this guy, Gordon Hayward, with the thought that again, you know, he was going to be your guy, along with Kyrie Irving, uh, who was going to to help you contend for a championship in the NBA. You, you know, at least you know, contend with Cleveland and possibly get out of the East and beat Cleveland. 
And then when that injury happened, you know, that was a blow to the Boston Celtics. That was a blow to the league. Because just like Aaron Rodgers going down with a broken collarbone and being out for the year, you don't like to see those type of things. You don't like to see stars get lost. You don't, First of all, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. And in actuality, if you think about it from a human standpoint, if you want to see anybody get hurt, it would be stars from the standpoint, you know, uh, most of those stars have money. Most of the stars have security. Now, most of the players, you know, role players and, you know, you know, other guys in the league may not have the level of security as Gordon Haywood signing a big-time deal with the Boston Celtics. They don't have the security of an Aaron Rodgers. You know, a lot of guys don't have that security. And, again, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But as I said before, if it's going to be anybody, you'd rather see it be a star from the standpoint of, if you want to look at it from a human perspective, those guys have more security in this league. They do. But anyway, anyway, he's going for the year, pretty much for the year. And it's a big blow for the Boston Celtics. And we'll see if they can overcome it. I mean, Jason Tatum is a guy who, you know, they who play well in summer league and, you know, who had a decent uh, debut and who, who they expected some big things from. Jalen Brown looks like he's going to be a year better. Kyrie Irving, in theory, should be better than Isaiah Thomas, in theory. And, and so Boston's a pretty deep, fairly deep basketball team, but it's hard to replace a 20-point scorer in Gordon Hayward and, and a guy that you expected so much from. But that, that injury, man... Joe Theismann like that 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 was bad that was that was bad that was bad 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 bad. Aaron Rodgers, he's gone. He could be gone for the year. You know, they put him on IR, but they do have the opportunity to bring him back. And so we we could see him. We may see him, may not see him, but at the end of the day, it may not even matter because right now you're banking on a Brett Hundley. And you look at the Green Bay Packers team, and you know their, their problems are, are deeper than just the quarterback position. Defensively, they're not great, and so you know obviously Aaron Rodgers is going, and, and you're banking on a guy who's never started a football game before. You're banking on a guy who, who again, you know in his third year, but again has never started a football game before. So now you're banking on him, and you're hoping. That he can, you know, and you know that they're pretty high on him, but you're hoping that he can come out and and play some big time football for you, hold down the fort, or you know, I, well, you might have to hold. It might not be a situation where you hold down the fort. It might be a situation where you're going to have to. You're you're in. You're there for the rest of the year. You're there for the rest of the year, and so can Brett Hundley. Obviously, the Packers, anytime you have a quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, anytime you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, you're a Super Bowl caliber team for the most part. Uh, and you might not be all the way there, and, and you know you might have some flaws here and some flaws there, but you always got a shot because you have Aaron Rodgers, because you have Tom Brady. You have a, a great equalizer. And so you look at it from that standpoint, I mean – 
you don't have that no more. I thought the Dallas Cowboys were a better football team than um, – I thought Dallas was better than Green Bay last year. But the reality of the situation was the Green Bay Packers had Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers, again, is a guy who can make play after play after play and can do some things for you. Aaron Rodgers is that guy. So when you have that guy in Aaron Rodgers, well, guess what? He's the great equalizer. He's the ultimate equalizer, and he can turn things around. He can turn things around. And so that guy, that bad man, as Stephen A. Smith likes to call him, that dude, he ain't there. He's not there. He won't be there. So you, you you're you're gonna miss you're missing that equalizer. You are missing that equalizer. And so we'll see what happens with that situation with Aaron and, and the Packers moving forward, but this is a team that has problems. And so not having Aaron Rodgers is obviously the biggest problem for the Green Bay Packers. It's just a huge problem, and it's a problem I don't know if they can – I don't think they can overcome. I don't think they can overcome the problem of not having Aaron Rodgers on the roster and in the mix. I, 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 no. I don't think they can overcome it. And even if he came back, you know, I, I don't think they're they're good enough to get to the playoffs without him. I may be wrong. But I doubt it. <laughs> anyway, but obviously, like I said, you know, stars, they move the needle on not having stars like Rodgers and, and, and Hayward. And, you know, obviously Hayward is not LeBron James, but, I mean, the reality is he was a big part of what the Boston Celtics were looking to do this season. He was a big part of what they were looking to do this season, and they will not have his services. And hopefully it seems like everything is clean. It was a clean break and, you know, no ligament damage. No ligaments, boy. Those tendons, boy. I, I'm, I, I'm, live, I'm proof of those tendons, man, because, you know, obviously I ruptured my Achilles, and I'm like, man, this thing takes a long time to get back from. Obviously I'm not a professional athlete. Obviously I'm not an elite athlete, but my goodness, this thing takes so long to get right. I'm done with this thing at this point. I'm tired of this thing at this point. I want to be done with it. But this thing takes so long. And the thing with the Achilles is, you know, from my standpoint, if you go too hard, you know, obviously there's a possibility that you re-rupture. If you go too soft, in my standpoint, and, and be cautious, well, you, you set yourself back. And so, you know, enough of me. I mean, I, I, I can go on and, and, and pontificate about my situation and what's happening to me, but at the end of the day, it stinks. It stinks. It stinks to rupture your Achilles. And how about CP3 out with a bruised knee for uh, could miss up to four weeks for the Houston Rockets. And CP3 he missed the end of the game against the Golden State Warriors, a game in which the Rockets won. And, and, you know, on the opening night, but, I mean, with Harden and CP3 on the court, the Rockets were minus 13. And, again, it's only one game. And, again, you know, 
chemistry, you've you got to work through some things, and you've got to fix some things, and you've got to, you know, go through some things to, to, you know, get to the point where you need to be. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I said, and, we, and I talked about this last week with our guest Marlon Gills, you know, Ryan University assistant basketball coach, I'm, I'm saying, okay, I, I look at Harden and, 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 and Paul, and I'm saying what, they're, what they have is redundant. I mean, James Harden, one of the reasons why the Rockets were so successful is because Mike D'Antoni put the ball in James Harden's hands, and James Harden just, just put in work. Now, you could talk about it from a leadership standpoint. Kevin McHale, who believes that James Harden is not a leader, you know, believes Chris Paul is a guy that can, can kind of help James Harden in that area, and, and, and which is possible because, obviously, you got a guy in, in, in Chris Paul who's the ultimate leader, but at the same time, Chris Paul ain't won nothing in this league. You know, he, he, he could be a big-time leader, but he ain't won nothing in this league, and he ain't gotten out of the second round yet in his career. A great career, Hall of Fame career, but it's a career that hasn't uh, smelt a, a conference final. And it's a career that, you know, they had opportunities and chances to smell conference finals, and, you know, a couple things here and a couple things there, and it didn't happen. Didn't happen. But, again, I look at the Rockets, and, and, and like I said, Chris Paul and James Harden, seems redundant to me. Again, it, 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 it seems redundant. It really does. But, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see, you know, obviously they got to work through some things and, and, and do what they need to do to get to where they want to go. But, I mean, it's like, okay, I, I, this, this seems redundant. But anyway, let, let's go back now. Um, let's go to stay in the NBA. Bobby Portis. Bobby Portis and, and uh, Mirachech, uh Nikola Mirachech for the Chicago Bulls, and these guys are fighting. They're scrapping, man. Fighting and you know they they getting into it and in, you know during practice and you know it, it, it boiled over into the locker room and you know you know apparently you know Miritich Miritich uh, you know who who one air I guess he started talking to Portis or you know went up into Portis' face a, a couple times and and ultimately Portis threw a punch broke the man's jaw gave him a concussion I mean and and the thing is when you got guys obviously a closed fist. Uh, they ain't boxers, but they, you know, these are big boys. So you, you get a punch from a guy, you know, six ten and Bobby Portis, um, you know, with no glove, <laughs> no level of protection, six eleven and Bobby Portis, he punch you in the jaw and the mouth. He, he gonna do some damage. He most definitely is gonna do some damage. And you know, obviously, you know, he did some damage. And, and that's just the reality of the situation. Guys like that, you know, they're gonna do some damage. They're going to do some damage with a punch, an open punch, a closed fist. They're going to do some damage. Somebody's going to get hurt. And so, obviously, it was Mirachech who got hurt. But that's an unfortunate situation. And ultimately, you know, people make mistakes. And ultimately, you know, we, 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 we try to forgive one another for our missteps, but, you know, that that's going to be pretty tough for um, Miritich to trust 
or, or even to get over what happened with him and Bobby Portis. That's going to be very difficult for, for, for both of those guys in terms of their relationship moving forward. They got to work together at some point in time because they're teammates. But man, if you know, if you, you you know, if you're my teammate, you're my guy. You punch me in the jaw and 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 you you know break my jaw and give me a concussion. You know, our relationship ain't gonna be right for a little bit, and it might not be right ever. And and I I think anybody, if they're honest, or like if somebody punched them in the jaw, and again, I don't know what you know, Miritich. He, you know, Portis was only suspended eight games, and, and so maybe that 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 could be there could be more to the story, and, and maybe Portis, um, maybe both of them was guilty on some level, but at the end of the day, Portis was the one who did the punching. Portis was the one that that connected. But obviously, if you're the Chicago Bulls, I mean, coming into this year, you know, we had a uh, Justin Holiday on the off season, Justin. You know, felt like maybe the bull. You know, and it's an answer you expect from a guy because no guys, you play basketball to win. And, and at the end of the day, who would expect somebody to say, "No, we can't make the playoffs." Of course, he's going to feel like they can make the playoffs, and that's what he said. But obviously, Chicago Bulls are a team in transition. No Rondo, who's off to New Orleans. No D Wade, who was bought out and's off to Cleveland. No Jimmy Butler, who was off to Minnesota. So obviously, you look at the Chicago Bulls. They're a team in transition. They're a team now. Who, who's trying to uh, – they're a team in transition. And, and, and this is a team that's not going to make the playoffs this year. This is a team that's probably going to struggle and struggle mightily. They're, they're, they're going to struggle. But this doesn't help, obviously. And, and, and this is not a good situation. And we go to baseball real quick before we get out of here. The Dodgers in the World Series. And the Dodgers, you know, they've, had, they, they've been in these playoffs a lot. But you know they've struggled. You know they 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 you know they I remember they ran into the Phillies for a few, and you know ultimately you know, the Giants and and the Cardinals and all those guys along the way, and and, and you know they, they they ran into so they're they're there now finally. Matthew Johnson and, his, and and those boys are fine are finally there. They're finally there, and, and so it took some time. And we've been waiting and waiting for the Dodgers to get there, and they're finally there. And wouldn't it be nice, it would be great for baseball if the Yankees can handle their B.I., their business, and they can get there too. You can have a classic World Series with the Yankees and the Dodgers. You know, take you back when Reggie Jackson hit those three home runs. You know, the Yankees, Dodgers. That that would be fun. That would be fun. And, and you know, it would be a classic World Series between two classic franchises, classic teams. That would be fun. And I think we're probably going to see it. We're, we're probably going to see it. We'll see if the Yankees can handle their business tonight. We'll see if they can, you know, handle their business. But, you know, Mr. October, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, dong after dong after dong, and maybe Aaron Judge can be Mr. October for uh, the Yankees come World Series time. I want to thank Stephen Meads for stopping by. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash pgant, where you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for again Go to the website, goforagainsports.com. For everybody here, go for it. We hope you have a great day. See you later. Take care.